It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a mighty God, what a mighty God. Anybody want the Lord to be magnified in your life? If that's your prayer, if that's your desire, would you just make a declaration to him, God? Make it a prayer. God, be glorified in what I do, how I live, how you use me. God, we honor and we thank you for the privilege again of being able to gather together on this another first Sunday. We don't take it for granted that we are alive and that we are well and that we're able to gather together virtually and now some of us even in the room to say to you that we thank you for the sacrifice that you've made because of that sacrifice god we are now redeemed and we are called no longer strangers no longer aliens but we're called family we're the sons and daughters of god and for that god we are grateful Spirit of the living God, we know that somebody is listening who is in the midst of a difficult season, maybe difficult time. And God, we do earnestly pray that in their life, you would be glorified. Move the mountain, change the situation. And God, if you choose not to move it, if you choose not to change the situation, change them in it and give them the ability, Lord God, to overcome. And God will be so careful to give you the glory and the honor and the praise in the name above all others in Jesus name and all that agree with that said amen and amen can we give the Lord a praise again oh come on let's make it real as big as we can hallelujah hallelujah well so grateful so thankful and you may be seated uh, you, you all whether you all know it or not I invited uh, some of our leaders to be with us today our ministry leads and some Uh, of them to be here so that we could share in the Lord's communion together uh, as we are gradually praying and preparing to return and I'm so grateful for our team that is actually getting everything together they've been working diligently to figure out all the logistics of how we can return and I'm so grateful for that team that is working to do that but I'm so it's so good it feels good to see people in the building amen and so we miss you all and we're so grateful and I can't wait to see those of you that are watching here in the building as well and so we're getting things ready so excited today about the word and um, I'm so thankful for uh, the time that we have in worship so as we prepare our hearts for the word of God I, I I'm praying today that you would allow the spirit of God to minister to you maybe in a different way because if we were physically here today I would literally have a anointing oil service today because the word is particularly dealing with spirits and spiritual warfare and I believe that many of you all specifically during this pandemic have been under deep spiritual attack and deep spiritual warfare but I believe that there's no distance between God and you 
Uh, you don't have to be physically in the church building for the Spirit of God to meet you right where you are. And so we're believing God today for demonic spirits to be vanquished. We're believing God today for strongholds to be released. We're believing God that the demonic powers that have put an assignment on you and on your family, that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, those assignments will be canceled. And I'm excited about the word today and how God's going to do that. But before we hear the word, uh, let's prepare our hearts again in worship as we prepare ourselves. Hallelujah. 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 God, that is a song that has carried so many through as a reminder that because you live, nothing that we face is impossible. No situation that is thrown at us is insurmountable. And so, God, we pray that we would not put our hope, that we would not anchor our lives to anything other than you. Everything else will change. Everything else will let us down. Everything else will move. But you're the same God yesterday as you are today and as you will be tomorrow. And what a blessed assurance to have that confidence. God, I, I come today and I ask Holy Spirit that you be the teacher. That you breathe on this, your Logos word, your written word, that it would become rhema, that it would become your spoken word to our hearts and souls. Your people, God, need to know how to battle and overcome the enemy. And God, I pray that you would allow this subject and allow this teaching and allow your word to equip your people to cast the enemy out, maybe out of a son, maybe out of a daughter, maybe out of a workplace, maybe out of a bloodline. Give us wisdom and give us your word. And it's in your name we humbly pray in Jesus' name. And all that agree with it said amen and amen, amen. You may be seated. Uh, and those of you at home, y'all may be laying down. I don't know what you're doing. We're so grateful. You all, we have uh, made tremendous progress through the book of Revelation. And let me just say uh, the reason why the book of Revelation has been such a blessing to me is that it's, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. If you look at the first words or the title of the book of Revelation, it says it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. I have read and listened to so many messages and so many expositors and teachers who journey through the book of Revelation and they make it a revelation of the Antichrist. They make it a revelation about beasts and symbols and signs. And people get caught up in that and lose the significance and the real meaning of the book of Revelation. It is the revealing of Jesus and his returning to the earth and God culminating the end of this world as it is. You all, and I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit prayerfully has been helping us along the way as we have journeyed through the book. So if you have your Bibles, if you would open them to the book of Revelation chapter 20. 
Revelation chapter 20, and we're going to start at verse 1. I'm reading from the King James Version today. I'm feeling King Jamesy. Revelation chapter uh, 20, beginning at verse 1, it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Let me read that again. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up (laughs) and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Have you been on the, 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 the sea, or the seashore? As many as the sands are on the sea will be that army. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened. (laughs) And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I want to talk today from the subject, uh, power over the adversary, power over the adversary. You all, the last chapter, chapter 19, kind of gave us a picture, if, as it would, of what 
uh, was getting ready to happen, kind of a foreshadowing about the thousand-year reign of Christ. And we saw, if you remember uh, last time, uh, the false prophet along with the Antichrist being thrown into a fiery lake, uh, a fiery sulfury lake of fire, right? And now in this chapter, we're coming now to see the end uh, and the last days of Satan. I want you to notice what it says in verse 1. Uh, and I saw, what's that word? And angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Now, you all, I, I, I believe that when we see the word angel in the Bible, we have become so familiar with seeing the word angel that we do not understand the power of what it means to have the angelic host or the angels of God assisting us. And we sometimes don't even understand the great power in which they yield and the power in which they have. But notice what it says. It says, I saw an angel come down from heaven and this angel you all has a key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. It wasn't Jesus that was coming down. It wasn't God that was coming down. It was an angel that was coming down. Look what it says in verse 2. The angel now, he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent. And in case somebody didn't know, well, what does dragon mean? Which is the devil. Well, I don't know what's the... Satan, all right? In case if there's any ambiguity about who we're talking about, the angel now laid hold of Satan and bound him for a thousand years. Verse 3, cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and put a seal on him that he should deceive the nations no more. Now, you all, this is pretty fascinating to me because I would think that if there's anybody that was going to shut the devil up, if there's anybody that was going to throw him into a bottomless pit, if there's anybody that's going to kind of come into a one-on-one -on -one with the adversary, it would have been Jesus. It would have been somebody higher up. But the Bible says, no, 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 no. An angel came down from heaven who had the keys to the bottomless pit and a great chain, and the angel laid hold of Satan and bound him for a thousand years. Let me help us understand something. The enemy has made himself far bigger in your mind than he needs to be. Let me say that again. The enemy, Satan, the devil, right, uh, the serpent, the dragon, he has made himself because he's a deceiver now, you all. He's a deceiver. The he has made himself so much greater than he is in your mind and in your life. If he was greater than, than, uh, than he's kind of proposed to be, it would have taken somebody super great other than an angel to defeat him. But the Bible says that an angel came down with the keys and laid hold of him and threw that joker into a bottomless pit. Now, what does that have to do with us? Because you all, if an angel has power to lay hold of Satan, shut him up and bind him up, you have more power than the angels. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you all, if an angel in the Bible is going to come one day and take the devil and the devil won't have any ability to fight back, resist, overcome or stop him and throw him into a bottomless pit and shut him up so he has no more power to do what he does. Then if the angel has that kind of power, I wonder what kind of power do you have? 
So you all, let, let, me, let, me, let me walk through it if you don't mind. Uh, if you don't mind, look, look over to uh, Psalms chapter 91. Psalms 91. You got to turn to it. Psalms 91. Let me tell you what you got. Some of y'all want to figure out who you who you have in your corner. I need to figure out who I can have in my corner. I got to figure out who running with me, who going to be my road dogs, who going to be who going to have my back. Let me tell you who God has given in your corner. Uh, uh, Psalms 91 verse 11. It says for God, he shall give his angels charge over you to do what? To keep you in all your ways. That means when you go this way or you go that way or you go. He says, I am going to give each person who belongs to me angels. What kind of angels? The same angels that have power to shut the devil up and throw him into a bottomless pit. I'm going to give those angels uh, the ability to have charge over you to keep you in all your ways. What will they do? The next verse, they shall bear thee up in their hands lest you dash your foot against the stone. He says, I'm going to give my children, those who are called by my name, I'm going to give them angelic assistance. So that they're able to be protected from things that they can't protect themselves from. They're going to be able to be uh, brought into situations and brought out of them in ways that other people won't be able to make it through. Because I'm giving those angels charge over them. You all, not only do angels have power to protect you, not only do angels have power to war for you. But I want you to see another text, uh, um, Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4. Uh, this is after the, the temptation of Jesus. Remember, Jesus went into the, uh, the wilderness and the devil tempted him and said, you know, if you're the son of God, you know, throw yourself off the mount, turn these stones into bread, all of that. Right. So Matthew chapter four, verse 11. Uh, then the devil leaves him and behold, angels came and did what? ministered to him. They also did it when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, struggling, struggling with the idea of being separated from God, so much to the point that the Bible says that as, as he was sweating, it, it's like blood was coming from his veins. You all, and then the angels came and ministered to him. So not only do angels protect you, not only do angels guard you, but angels also come and minister to you. You all, do you have any idea when you are a child of God, that you've got the angelic forces of God behind you. Have you ever been in a situation and you knew that it was somebody greater than you that was at work in this situation? Have you ever been driving and you saw a car coming straight at you and then all of a sudden it just went the other way? Or have you been in a car accident and you literally got out of the car, it was all mangled up, and you realize, how did I make it out of this? You all, God has angelic forces that not only have the power to protect you and minister to you, but they also have you all uh, power to help you overcome some things. Now, listen, Satan is not on par with God. I cannot emphasize this enough. Somewhere along the line, I think people believe that in this corner is God and in this corner is the devil and they're going into a fight, you know, with each other. You all, Satan is a fallen angel. He's nowhere close to God and you are a child of God. So you have power over Satan. You've got authority over him. Now listen, it doesn't mean that, that the enemy doesn't have uh, some abilities. As a matter of fact, because of man's sin, 
Because of man's disobedience, we've now given the devil uh, the power to be the prince of the power of the air. Uh, at one point, humanity or mankind had complete authority in the earth because God gave it to us. But we committed high treason by not doing what God said and, and, and then gave that power to Satan. So Satan does have some power. He does have areas of authority, but he does not have every area of authority. So I want us to look at one more scripture. Uh, and, uh, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 17. Now, we read this because this is really a, a, a conversation with Jesus and his disciples. Uh, they're returning to him excited about what they were able to do. He says, well, listen, I don't want you to be excited about what you saw uh, happen. I want you to be excited that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Don't be excited about how, how God is using you, but be more excited that you are a part of God's family and that your names are written in his Lamb's Book. So normally when we read this scripture, we dismiss the first part of it, because the main point that Jesus is making is don't rejoice about what you have power to do, but rejoice that your names are written. But it doesn't mean that the things that they were rejoicing about didn't happen. So let's look what it says. Uh, Luke chapter 10. This is so important. Verse 17. The 70 and two returned with joy and said, Lord, listen now, even the demons submit to us in your name he says listen now listen they came 72 of them now they they realized they got a revelation that when we use the name of jesus when we speak his name and when we use his name and authority and understanding of what that name means guess what happens demons are subject to us in the name of jesus and they came back rejoicing about it here's the question I wonder how many of you all, as you're meeting demonic things, are using the name of Jesus or using profanity. When you're encountering difficulties, when you're encountering situations that are greater than you, I wonder how many of you all, when you're attacking the situation, are you attacking it in the flesh? Are you attacking it with an attitude? Are you attacking it with some other tools? Or are you realizing that in the name of Jesus, demonic spirits are subject to that name? You all, many Christians are living beneath the level of their power and privilege because they do not know what they have. And if you are a child of God, you do not have to let a devil or a demon run through your family, run through your bloodline, run through your health, run through your money, run through your life, because you have some power in the name of Jesus. Amen. But there are many people that don't know it. And there are many people because of the, and let me tell you what I know right now. Some of y'all are hearing it. I'm going to tell, tell you how deep this is. And you're saying, well, I don't know if I believe that. So some of us, the lack of faith, and the lack of belief in the word of God has you leaning not on the everlasting arm, but the strength of your arms. Many of us trying to fight things that are so big, we're fighting them in our own strength and we're getting the same results. But if you ever start using the name of Jesus, and if you ever start calling on the angelic forces to begin to assist you, it will amaze you what you'll see God do. You all, I, I think that the church today has become so weak and so uh, kind of invalid because we don't do what some of the old saints used to do before they end up having streaming services. Before they had convenience. 
Before all of a sudden I could sit back and have my coffee and, and, and eat my little uh, uh, croissants and watch the service. When, when the saints would come in early in the morning and lay on their face before God for hours seeking the face of God. Some of y'all don't even know about that. Where they, wouldn't even, they wouldn't even cook or do anything on the Sabbath because they wanted to keep it holy before God. And because of that, you all, back in the day, with all that they went through, they were seeing God move and they were seeing miracles happen and they were seeing doors swing open and opportunities being made. Why? Not because they had strong arms, but they were leaning on the everlasting arm and the powers of the enemy could not overcome them because they knew how to deal with demons. But today, you all, we cohabitate with demons. And we miss casting them out and so let me tell you what we're going to do today <laughs> we're going to cast some demons out and I know some of y'all be like oh I can't do that well as a man thinketh so are you nobody said you got didn't, the demons are subject to us in his name not your name I don't care how weak but I'm so weak I don't even know that I don't care how much Bible you don't know I don't care how weak you are. Oh, pastor, I don't think I, I could do it. Well, no, you can't do it. I didn't say nothing about you. I just wonder, do you have a name that you can call on that has authority to do what the name has power to do? I wonder, do you have any idea of angels that have been assigned to you that you don't even call on to assist you? I wonder how many of you all even ask God to send angels to your kids. I wonder how many of y'all say, God, I need you to, to send some angels to my daughter. I need you to send some angels to my son right now because I need whatever troubling spirits that are fighting him that if a demon can be bound, if a devil can be bound by an angel, then I know that the devil messing with my child can also be bound by an angel. So God, in the name of Jesus, send a garrison of angels right now to my son or to my daughter and fight on their behalf. I wonder, are you praying about that? I wonder how many of y'all are sitting and looking at your bloodline going crazy. Your aunt is crazy. Your uncle is crazy. Your whole siblings are crazy. Everybody around you is going through stuff and you keep working in the flesh and getting angry in the flesh and getting depressed in the flesh. When did you call on the name of Jesus last? When did you dispatch angels to your sister? When did you say, God, send a garrison of angels to my brother right now and make his mind right again? everybody's not crazy there's some demons that are in folks heads don't you think that everybody running around here with mental illness are mentally ill because there's some chemical imbalance there's some demons when my best friend was being attacked and the man was biting his ear off he says Jesus is not God that's what this that's what this demon was saying as he tried to kill my friend but what he didn't know is that my friend knew the name of Jesus. <laughs> and what he didn't know is that when other folk got a hold of what was going on and started calling the name of Jesus and asking for angels to be dispatched, that demon had to back up. And my friend and his wife are alive and well and homeboys going under the jail. Listen, you all, I need you to not have to wait on a bishop 
a wait on a pastor or a prophet with a special level of anointing to come into your house and to pray for you. I need you to not have to wait to get in a line and pay some money for a special cloth or some special water so you can cast some devils out of your bloodline. You don't need no special water. You don't need no special prayer cloth. You don't need the bishop or the prophetess to come and then cast it. You got power in your own mouth. You got ability in your own spirit to speak to every demon and every demonic spirit that is coming at you and say, do you have any idea who I am? Do you have any idea who I belong to? Oh, I need some old time stuff where folk used to get oil. Y'all don't know nothing about this. Folk used to get oil and walk around places and anoint stuff. Uh-huh. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Because nowadays you just rather go and cuss folk out. Some first, some offices, the handles were slick on everything. It's the one the folk didn't break. They didn't coming into places. Some of oil was everywhere. You, you, you go to your job and you find that there's demonic and evil and depressive spirits there. I don't care where you work. I dare you to start praying in the spirit. I dare you to start releasing angels in that place. I dare you to start commanding demonic spirits to get up out of there and to leave in the name that demons are subject to. <laughs> the Bible says that these people came back, these 72 folk, and they were simply amazed at what happened. They said, you know what? We, we, we see something happening. It says, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I love it. Jesus said, let me tell you, of course they're subject to me. You know why? He fell like lightning. He, he's already defeated. Verse, look at the next verse. I have given you what? Authority. I, Jesus, have given you. Oh, he was talking to the disciples. The 70 and 2 were not the apostles. The 70 and 2 were just followers. And those followers, Jesus said, I have given you authority. And he was not specifically talking to the 70 and 2 only. He was talking to every believer who accepts him as Savior and Lord. What is Jesus saying to you? What is Jesus saying to you today? He's saying, I have given you, my brother, I have given you, my sister, authority to do what? To trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome a little of the power of the enemy. Overcome some of the power of the enemy. I've given you the ability to overcome somewhat. No, no, no. He said, I have given you power and authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. Now, if you do not have authority to overcome all the power, Jesus is a liar. Because he said, I've given you authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. Well, I don't really think he means that then he's not telling the truth. And if Jesus lies one time, the whole thing is a lie. A little leaven leaven at the whole lump. So if there's any scripture, if there's anything that we read that is not true that Jesus says, that means that none of it is true. Which means Jesus is saying to you on this first Sunday of the month of June, I have given you my daughter and I have given you my son authority over everything every powerful 
thing the devil has been trying to do to you. He's given you power and he's given you authority. And he says, nothing will harm you. Now, let me just say this now, because I hear the mind's turning. Well, pastor, I believe God. I trust God. I prayed about things. But then what, what happens when that happens? Or what happens when things don't work out the way that I want them to work out? Listen, y'all, first of all, I wonder, do you really know what the will of God is? Because sometimes, y'all, we will do things and we'll pray for things that are not always in line with his will. And they're not always in his perfect plan. You all, I've had many people who have, uh, I've gone to bedsides and I prayed and I believed God for them to get, get healed. And do you know what the ultimate healing is, being in the presence of God? Let me tell you what we don't believe. We don't really believe that. You know why? Because we value life on earth more than we value life in heaven. We totally do because we don't know nothing about that. <laughs> so we feel like if somebody is not here, we lost. Time is not even, it's, not, it's so small compared to the totality of eternity but we don't have any concept of that so all we know is time so all we know is that this person's not with me in time oh but i thank god that if you have jesus and you get into eternity you get to be in eternity with that person and that's a lot more than just time so here's the question did god not do what you were believing him for because he couldn't do it or did god have a plan that was bigger than your eyes god some god shut some doors for you sometimes right because he knows that you you won't you won't stop going through that door unless he shuts it so then he opens another one so that you're able to then go in a different direction. And you thought the shut door was God not listening to you or God hating you or God not showing you favor. No, it's not because I'm not showing you favor, but I have another way for you. The bottom line is this, you all. God says, I have given you power over the enemy and nothing will harm you. But he said, however, watch this now. Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. He said, but instead rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And that's what we read the text about usually. Don't, don't, don't rejoice about that, but rejoice that your names are written. But he says, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Because you know what? They do. But I wonder how many of us don't see spirits submitting to us because we've submitted to them. Um... You all, I, I, I feel as a pastor, I have an obligation to help you and help us have the full counsel of God's word. And there are many churches and there are many movements where the entirety almost of their, of their, of their actions are around the spirit world. And some of y'all don't really know about that. Citadel, this is not your reality, so it may be hard to understand. But there's some churches, you all, that every Sunday they cast out devils. I mean, every Sunday, there's a, a, a service <laughs> where some demons are going to get cast out of somebody. Every single Sunday, they do it. There's some churches that the spirit world is a part of that whole kind of ministry, right? And it's valid. And it's important. And I think it's real. But you all, I think that for some people, when they show up in those environments, if they don't see some kind of, you know, battle to and fro, they feel like they weren't at church and I'm like, I'm not going to give the devil power in my service 
to show up and manifest when he wants to for me to cast him out and people say, oh, God is working here. But it doesn't mean that the devil doesn't show up in our service. It doesn't mean that at Citadel of Faith, listen, they're not demonic forces that come against you, come against us, come against this ministry. And if we're not careful, you all, we will not recognize the weapons of our warfare. And we'll end up leaning on the carnal tools of our own understanding and our own ability. And we'll, we will not lean on the spiritual weaponry that will make a demon shut up and be cast cast away we won't we won't lean into that because we won't even know how to do it i've been in situations uh, even in our church where somebody's saying something to me and i'm like wow this is a demon talking and i'm talking about people who are in different levels of leadership they're not bad people but they have no idea that they have submitted themselves that the, the deceiver has gotten some kind of way let me tell you how I know this. I remember saying a while, it's a while ago. I said, I want to go, I want us to win. Uh, I think I said, I want to win a thousand souls. It was a thousand. And they said, no, we can't do that. I said, that's a demon. <laughs> Who's, who is going to say we're not going to go after a thousand people coming to know Jesus, but a spirit that doesn't want us to do it. And so you all, here's my question to you. When you see the devil showing up with your kids, when you see the devil showing up with your health, when you see the devil showing up with your, your, your family and with your job, what is your response? What are the things that you actively do to resist him? And you say, well, I pray. What do you pray? Well, I, I pray. How do you pray? When, when we talk about submission, it's not a request. It's a commandment. Submission is go. Not, you know, well, oh, oh God, if you would, please, Jesus, if you would, I don't know you with that. No, no, no. A devil does not need to be talked to. He needs to be dealt with and he needs to be cast out. And some of y'all are talking to demons and not casting them out. So in the name of Jesus Christ today, you're getting ready to cast some devils out of your life in the name of Jesus. Why? Because the Bible said, Jesus says, the spirits are subject unto you by me. Now, if Jesus said that you've got that kind of power, then it's time to use it. Amen. All right, let's get back to Revelation. Then we're going to pray at the end of this. All right. So Revelation chapter 19 and chapter 20. So he says, he binds up the enemy, puts him in a bottomless pit. I love this. Uh, and he stays there for a thousand years. <coughs> puts a seal, verse 3. Uh, puts a seal upon him uh, so he can't deceive anymore uh, till a thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loose for a little season. So this is what's getting ready to happen. God is now getting ready to show the earth what it looks like for it to be ruled by godly people. As a matter of fact, during the thousand year reign of Christ, there's no murders, there's no war, wars, there's, no fam there's none of that stuff because he's, he's getting ready to return the earth to its former glory before the fall of sin. Although the earth is still contaminated by sin, now Jesus sits on the throne, the Antichrist and the false prophet, they're in the fiery lake. The devil has been bound, right? The devil who has controlled them, he's been bound for a thousand years while now Jesus is now taking the command of the world. 
And it says, verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So the thousand-year reign of Christ in this time frame where the enemy has been locked away, it's going to be with the people who during the great tribulation died and were killed, beheaded many of them for the cause of Christ. And so they will be resurrected, right? They will be resurrected to reign and to judge with Christ. Man, that's a beautiful picture that these people during the great tribulation when the most heinous and the most horrible time in human history exists, and they chose to not take the mark of the beast. They chose to be beheaded. And now as they were being mocked and laughed by the Antichrist and his regime, now the Antichrist and the false prophet are in this fiery lake. And now Satan who controls them is being locked away. And now the beheaded are reigning. <laughs> and now those that were killed, they are now ruling with Christ. Verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. So in other words, the rest of those who had died in Christ, right? The Bible says those who died in Christ shall rise first. Before, he says, the rest who have died other than in the tribulation, they, you all, they will not yet be resurrected because now this first resurrection of the dead are these who died in that tribulation period. Blessed and holy is he, verse 6 that has part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death has no power. What is the second death? Well, obviously when we die the first time, that's our physical death. But the second death is when we're separated from God for eternity. And y'all, that is my concern for many of you that are listening, is that it is appointed for every one of us to die. Everybody's gonna die. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background is. Everybody's gonna die. But after that, here's the question. Will there be a second death? And the second death, which is eternal, is separation from God for eternity. That is the second death. He says these individuals, uh, blessed are those uh, that has taken part on which the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him for a thousand years. Verse 7. When the thousand years are over, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. I, I love the fact of the idea here in Satan in prison together. It means that, yes, he's still around, but his power has been limited. And you all, I believe with all of my heart that it doesn't mean that we cast the devil out of the world, but I believe you can bind him out of your house. <laughs> I believe you can bind him out of your situation. And you can say, you know what, you're still around, but you no longer have power because you are imprisoned as relates to my house. You're imprisoned as relates to my future and my destiny. Verse 8. And now this, this demon shall, shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is the sand of the sea. He says now, as the, de the devil is released, he goes out and deceives the world again and gathers them together for another battle. So many people he deceives, the number is like that of the sands of the sea. Immeasurable numbers of people. Can you imagine an army immeasurable in its numbers gathered together in verse 9 and they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city we're talking about Jerusalem so 
this huge, innumerable army, they come up, surround the saints. You know, the saints are judging with Christ and the beloved city. And as they gather up to get ready to fight, fire comes down out of heaven and devours all of them. Remember what happened last chapter when all the armies were gathered and then God with one word just killed everybody? Listen, you all, when you are employing God in the work against the enemy, he doesn't take a long time to deal with it. One word from God can change the situation instantly. One word from God can change your life forever. One word from the Lord to the enemy can change it instantly. The Bible says it and immediately these individuals are devoured. Verse 10, and the devil, I love this, here it is. We've been waiting for this for the whole book of Revelation. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. This is where the beast and the false prophet are already. Watch this now. And shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. We don't hear about him anymore because that is the end of him. Listen, y'all, you better hear this now. I don't believe in a hell. You don't have to. Can I tell you what, what it's going to be like, though? A lake of fire and brimstone. You don't have to call it hell. Just call it a fiery lake with brimstone. Bottom line, you all, it's a place of torment forever. It says forever and ever and ever, the devil, the false prophet, the antichrist, and all of those who do not accept God's redemption or God's reconnection of man back to himself through his only son, Jesus, all of those people who have chosen to not accept that door, he says, I am the way, those who have chosen to not accept that way, they will also burn in the lake of fire and brimstone to be tormented day and night forever and ever. You don't have to call it hell, but that's hell to be in a lake of fire Listen, I hate that it's hot. I don't like some of y'all. I just, I'm, I feel like I'm in hell when I go outside. Imagine being in fire day and night forever and ever. Satan is done. He's finished. This devil who thought he was going to deceive humanity forever, now we come to the end of his story. And let me just say this, y'all. What a blessing it is to know that the devil has the end of his story. He, he's done. He is thrown away. We'll hear from him no more again. As a matter of fact, the book of Revelation doesn't even mention him anymore because there's no more to mention. He has been bound and he's been kept in this lake of fire forever and ever. And now verse 11, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whom face the earth and heaven fled away. And then as the devil is bound, the one who sits on the throne is revealed. And when God's countenance is revealed, the earth cannot even handle what it sees. It says that you are even the earth itself. I love this. It says it ran away from his face. Heaven fled away. The earth fled away. And there was found no place for them. Who can stand in the presence of God? Nobody. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was open. In other words, John is now looking at heaven. 
The devil has been thrown away into hell for his final judgment. And now we see God so much power and authority that even the heavens run away from him and the earth flees from his presence. And now he looks and he sees books that are being opened. Can you imagine that? Listen, I, I don't, please don't judge me. But I mean, I, I like Harry Potter. I mean, I know that's not some, oh, it's the, the devil, the demonic. Okay, all right. All right. But there's, a, there's some scenes with these people and these accountants or these little things, and they're opening all these books. And that's creepy to me. But I cannot imagine God sitting on a throne, heaven and earth fleeing from his presence, and books, bam, are being opened. Ooh. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books. First of all, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Because that's one of the books, the Lamb's book. And if your name is not in the Lamb's book of life, you will not be able to spend eternity with God. So when your name is not there and your name is not written in Jesus' book, then you will also be joining the beast. You will also be joining the false prophet and you will also be joining the dragon. You will be in the fiery lake that we saw in the text. Because the book of life that Jesus holds, the only people that are in it are those who have called on his name. Well, why would he do that? Why would God be so narrow-minded? He says, well, broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to me. You all, I know it's hard in 2021 to even have a concept that in this Everly kind of small world, the world is getting smaller and smaller, that God would be so narrow to have one way to him. And many of us, because it doesn't make sense to our minds, we run away from it. But let me just say this to you all. It has nothing to do with God not liking everybody. He loves everybody. But we're in sin. And when we're in sin, there's only one way to deal with sin, and that is with the shedding of innocent blood and there is no innocent blood other than the innocent blood of the lamb of God which was Christ born of a virgin which means that his blood was not the same bloodline of us although he was fully human he did not have the same taint of sin and when he shed his blood your sins were atoned you were made at one with God and in that moment those who then call on his name they're written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And those who are not, when those books are open, you're judged. And it says, the things which are written in these books, some were judged according to their works. Let me just say this, Citadel, please hear me well. We haven't been together in quite a while, physically, right? Here's my question to you, ministry. What works have you been doing for Jesus? since we met last. It's been almost a year. What works? Now, well, I, 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 listen, I know you have. I know the things you do, of course. But maybe some of us haven't really done anything. And this is not to beat anybody up because that's never been my heart. But the Bible says that one day we will be judged according to our works. It doesn't mean that we will be accepted in heaven or rejected by works because we're not saved by works. But we found out last time that the garments that we wear is the righteous acts of God's saints. The things that we do. 
Only what we do for him will last. And here's the question. What are we doing? Not what are we saying, not what we want to do one day. What are we doing? How many young people this summer don't know about God? How many teenagers are being lured post-pandemic into crazy stuff that's exciting and lit? And here we're talking about, we want you to come to the Bible study. Really? When they turning up on Bell Isle, you want me to come and be, do what? What energy are you bringing? How many men, how many women, how many families, how many couples, how many CEOs and executives? Listen, how many people are moving back into the city? And what is the plan that you have to help tell them about Jesus? What about the people that are being relocated out of the city? What is the plan to talk to them about Jesus? What about people that are frustrated with government and frustrated with life? What is the plan that you have to let God use your works that will stand in eternity? Verse 14. Oh, sorry, verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. I love it. So death... Everybody that died, God told death, give them back up because now they got to be judged. All, the, all those that were in hell already because they, they did not acknowledge God, hell, give them up because now they got to be judged. Those that died at sea, those who died in different places, give up those who were dead because now it's time for judgment. And they were judged, every person according to their works. I wonder what would Jesus judge your works by? I wonder what works would he have to judge? Would it just be intention? And I wonder, here's the last thing, how much are you given to a job that could care less about you? How much are you sacrificing for a company that could care less about you and the Jesus who died for you, you just don't have enough time for him. And when it comes time to stand before him, he's going to be judging the work that you did for him and not for your job that hated you. But yet you'd rather show up because you got to get that money because that's really your God. You work for what you really love. If you really love the Lord, you work for him. Citadel, hear me well. Let me just pass it for a minute, then I'm done. We're going to cast out some devils today, but we're not going to cast them out for you not to get busy doing what you were born to do. Some of you have met with me with tears in your eyes about what God told you to do. And you still haven't done it. Here's the question. What changed? Did God change his mind about what he said? No. Nah. Or did specific demons who overheard your conversation with God decided to start intervening in the vision so that you would give up? Because you don't know how to deal with the demon. So now the demon's voice and the demon's interference and the demonic forces have caused you to be so depressed or so despondent or so angry or so upset or so put off 
so overwhelmed that you can't move on what you know God told you to do. But today, you all, if it's just one person, it's time for you to tell that demon, you know what? I know what God told me. And you know what? I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know what way he's going to do it. But you know what? I know what he said. And I know the trick that you tried to play. And I'm so glad that God peeped your card today because you know what? I'm going to trust God that, that this situation is going to move and I'm going to finally be in my destiny. And listen, and I believe that if there's somebody hearing me today, that demon must go. And if you ain't got the faith, I got the faith for you. I told you I got a Harriet Tubman anointing, didn't I? You know, Harriet, she tried, she tried to bring people out of slavery that didn't want to be brought. Some of them, they started off with her until they start hearing the dogs barking. Then like, oh, I don't want to go. She said, oh, no, 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 no. You, you ain't going to come up out of here and not make it to freedom. Because you're either, you either going to come willingly or you're going to come uh, <laughs> with, with a gun to your head. Now, I ain't got a gun, but in Jesus' name, child of God, you are going to enter into what God has called you to do. There's some people you can reach this church can't reach, but you can. There's some people that will never listen to me. They will only listen to you, and you got to do it. There's some family folk that this summer are planning to get together post-pandemic, and what is the agenda? Have you put God in it? You can do it, and your family can be saved. So if you're ready to enter into war with me, and I know you're at home, but I need you to stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Oh, I ain't never stood up since we've been going into the pandemic. I've been watching on TV. Whatever, get up. Get out of bed. Hallelujah. And I need you to think about this for a moment. Close your eyes if you would. First of all, I want you to think about what it is that, that, what is it, what is it that God has ever stirred in your heart that he wants you to do for him. Doesn't have to be anything really big. It could just be something that, that, that seems small to others, but it's what God has stirred. It's what God has stirred. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the hospitals and I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be going to the prisons and I'm gonna do that. I'm working with young girls. I'm gonna be doing whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is. And I need you to think about how many times the enemy has come in some kind of way to short circuit what it is that God stirred. Some kind of distraction, some kind of new situation that required your attention to be deterred away from God's plan into that. Think about it, think about it. I want you to think about somebody in your family that's been under unbelievable attack, but you know what, maybe it's you. Maybe the demons have been coming at your mind and coming at your finances and coming at your body and coming at the way that, there's been some demonic stuff coming at you. If that's you, we're getting ready to deal with it. Maybe it's your son and the enemy's been coming at your boy. Oh, God, in the name of that, no, no, no. He's not going to have victory. Maybe it's your daughter. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's the workplace that you're in. I don't know what the situation that you're dealing with, but the spirits are subject to Jesus' name. The spirits are subject to the name of Jesus. And today, whatever the demonic stronghold, whatever the demonic attack, whatever the demonic assignment, it will not have more authority and more power than the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Hallelujah.
believe God today, I believe him. I believe him. I believe you. I believe you, God. I believe you. And as you're standing in his presence, I just want you to first of all begin. And I know for some of y'all, it's a stretch. Hold on, hold on. Shh. It's a stretch. That means I never did this before. It's a lot of stuff you ain't never did before, but do this. I need you to push and to begin, first of all, to remember what he said to you and then begin to thank him and worship him for what he said to you. I don't know what he said to you. You know what it was. It may be something small. It may be big. But would you, first of all, put a praise on your lips, not on your mind, on your lips. God, thank you. Thank you, for, thank you for reminding me. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for telling me that. Thank you for reminding me what you want me to do. Put it on your lips. Hallelujah, God, thank you. Even if it's just thank you over and over again, put it on your lips. Put it on your lips. Oh, God, we thank you so much for your promises. We thank you so much for the things that you dropped in our spirits. We thank you so much for the callings of God, which are sure. We thank you, Lord God, that the things that you have ordained and the things that you have put in place, there's no demonic force, there's no spirit of the enemy that can come against it. For greater are you inside of them than the enemy that is in the world against them. And now, child of God, I don't know what area the enemy has been waging war, but I need you in the name of Jesus to stand firm and call the name of Jesus over your situation. Call it over your son, call it over your daughter, call it over your job, call it over your destiny, call it over your money, call it over your health, call it over your mind, call it over your home, call it over your neighborhood, call it over your vehicle, call it over your city, call it over this nation, call it over, call his name, call the name of Jesus. Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus every demon bow every satanic force Satan the Lord rebuke you Satan the blood of Jesus is against you we bind every work we bind every trick we bind every lie go to the pit where you came from Go to the pit where you came from. Go to the pit where you came from. You have no victory. You have no victory. You have no power. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Jesus, I thank you that you have power over every demonic spirit. I thank you, Lord God, that I had a praying mother that knew how to bind the devil when she needed to. I had a grandmama that knew how to call on the name of Jesus when she needed to. And now, God, I thank you that you're teaching us to stop calling people who can't help us, but calling on you. For there's no other name under heaven whereby we can call and not just be saved from hell, but saved from the benefits and the powers of hell. Uh-huh other than the name of Jesus there's power there is power in the name of Jesus yeah Lexi would you come here I don't even normally do this to break every chain 
to break every chain. Listen, child of God, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I, listen to me. Hold. I know what it's like for the enemy to get in my head and tell me, Harvey, kill yourself. That's what the devil has done to me. He's told me, kill yourself. And I've taken myself and got ready to do it. That's not your story. I'm just telling you what I know about the name. And when you're in that state of mind, you can't, can't figure out which way to go. And I said to God, if you just give me the power to just say one word, and God would give me the ability to just say Jesus. And that's all I needed. That literally when I said the name of Jesus. I, as your pastor, this is not way back. But as your pastor, I was going to take my life. But the name of Jesus caused that spirit of suicide. You better hear me, it's a spirit. People are leaving this place not because it's a, it's a spirit trying to tell you your life is not worth living. But in the name of Jesus. So some of y'all, you're just, I'm not really sure how to do this. Oh, you just know how to say Jesus, don't you? So as this song is being sung, Oh God, I'm believing that in your house chains are breaking. I believe that while your son, your daughter's at school, chains breaking. <laughs> I believe that even in government and demonic systems, chains are breaking. With your finances, with your health, with your mind, chains are breaking. Because in the name of Jesus, he breaks every chain. Not just a few, not just a couple. But he says, I give you power over all of the works of the enemy. So as we sing this song, I need you to rejoice that there's power in the name of Jesus. <laughs> there is power hey. in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh God, we thank you. And we glorify you. We bless you. Because your name is above every name. That in your name, Jesus. That in your name, Jesus. Every chain breaks. Everything that binds us, God. Every fetter is broken. Every mountain is moved. Every burden is lifted, oh God. Things that the enemy has systemically tried to do. One word from you can change the situation forever. And God, we give you glory and we give you praise, God, for what you're doing and what you are even yet doing. Because faith calleth those things that be not like it already happened. So God, we ain't got to wait to see it to say thank you. We ain't got to wait for the manifestation for us to give you glory and to give you praise. We 
praise in faith that you already have worked it out. Because while we're trying to figure things out and try to manage it, <laughs> you already worked it out, God. So those of you that believe that chains have fallen and that chains have been broken, I need you to give him a praise of thanksgiving that it is done. It is so. It is so. It is so. It is done. It is done. in the name of Jesus. It is done. child of God listen who can stand before you when you stop calling on other folk and stop calling on your own strength but nothing can stand before you when you call on his great name what a blessing it is to know that one day that that enemy of all of us will be locked away forever but right now we're in a world that he's been given the ability to be the prince of the power of the air but you've got power in the name of Jesus and I pray that you would call his name that you would even say God I need you we don't worship angels no we, we thank God that he's given us angels to take charge over us and to keep us and to minister to us and I pray that you wherever you are would not keep feeling hopeless and a victim but that you would take your rightful place. As tired as you might be, sometimes as empty as you might feel, just bring, bring whatever you got and say, Jesus, I give it to you. And I surrender to you and I call on your name. And I guarantee you, the enemy ain't scared of you. He ain't scared of your friends, but he can't take the name of Jesus. And so we honor God. But let me say to those of you that are listening and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Well, you can't call on his name if you don't really have his name, right? You can't really call on his name if you don't really have a relationship with him. And so if you've never given your heart, what does that mean? Just say, Jesus, I can't do this life without you. If you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, I'm just going to ask that you would be willing to do that. It doesn't mean that your life would become perfect. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. None of us are. None of us are. But what it does mean is that you surrender your will to someone greater. And Jesus said that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that he's the son of God, that God raised him from the dead, you, you can have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. 
I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org. That's simply spelled C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith dot org. All one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together one person at a time.